Welcome to You Are Divine with host Rachel Corpus. Life can be challenging at times. Your angels, guides, and loved ones are here to help you tap into the abundance, joy, and potential that are waiting for you. Let's find out what the universe has in store for you. You are divine. Now, here is Rachel Corpus. Good day, everyone. Oh, it's so lovely to be with you. You are tuned in to You Are Divine on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. And I am your host, Rachel Corpus. I am an angel communicator, a psychic medium, and a spiritual teacher, and um, a mommy, and a wife, and a cat owner, and a person with a messy bedroom, and uh, all the things. Um, I'm going to be pretty candid today. So, um, This is a good episode to tune into if you want to get to know a little bit more about me because today we're going to talk about uh, soul purpose, living our best lives and um, sticking to who we are even when the stakes are high, Uh, even when people might be doubting us or when things are really hard, when money is at stake, when reputation is at stake. Ooh, see, even I'm getting a little verklempt here. I'm actually sweating a little bit because I'm going to share probably more of my story today than I usually do, and I'm not used to that. And also, I feel totally supported by my angels and the universe and the Holy Spirit because we we endure life. We have a human life so that we can grow and help grow others. So let's just start sharing some love. So I say to you, with authenticity and a genuine heart that I love you. And I hope that you've already heard that today, this week, um, sometime recently. And if you haven't, accept my love. And I'm just going to inhale and feel your love in return because we truly are all connected. That's really the point of the show and my life, really, to discover and live into the fact that we're all created by a loving being, a loving entity, whether you call that loving being God or source, universe, um, we're created in love. And a little bit of that creation lives in all of us and connects us to each other. So we're really, if you think about it, we're all one. So when we talk about big stuff like this, big things happening, big feelings, living our best lives, what's the meaning of life, soul purpose, all of the stuff, We help each other and we hope that the way we speak and the way we listen resonates and helps each other grow. That's the point of today. So also, it's Holy Week. Happy Holy Week, those of you who are Christian. Um, We're not going to get really Christian today. I am a Christian, proud to be a Christian. But also I know that a lot of people listening and a lot of people that I help daily do not identify as Christian. Totally fine. Since it's Holy Week, though, I really want to tap into the story of what uh, we, we celebrate or recognize this week because it's an example of one of our ascended masters, ascended master meaning enlightened teacher who was human, died and ascended and now guides us. Jesus is an ascended master. So it's a really good example of how Jesus stayed true to his sole purpose when the stakes were very, very high. And we're going to go back 
earlier too, uh, kind of looking into his childhood stuff that's not written anywhere, but things that I've channeled. I honestly, guys, I don't know. I don't know wh- why I get a little starstruck and I'm certainly humbled. I don't know why, but Jesus comes through for me a lot. And he told me today that he's going to be part of this conversation. So when he steps through, I'll make sure to tell you unless he wants to remain anonymous and be one of the collective. So as you know, if you know me, not only do I share the wisdom from my life, but I work with a holy team who call themselves the collective. They are my guardian angels, God's angels, so many of them. They call themselves the legions of angels and they sing and they're beautiful and they're wonderful my loved ones who have passed who step forward and then I do whenever I can I tap into the wisdom of ascended masters like Jesus if you are not a Jesus person if Jesus does not resonate with your spiritual journey right now I encourage you sometime soon to look into other ascended masters that might have a story that does fit you Saint Germain Mother Mary, again, remembering that none of these Ascended Masters are linked to one specific religion or denomination there for everyone. Buddha, Kuan Yin, look these these Ascended Masters up and read their story. Also, I think it's really important that we keep things in real time as well, where we can uh, look at people that we know of or know for examples of how to live a best life. So I was doing some thinking today and I made a list of people that might be a little bit surprising, but they're also people that you can read their story and get get a good example of who is living into their sole purpose despite it being really sticky and crunchy and difficult and scary and hard sometimes and also wonderful at times. So uh, here's the list that I came up with. It's short list. There's probably hundreds and you know so many that you could add, I'm sure. Gandhi, Dolly Parton, also my favorite singer, just so you know. Dalai Lama, Jim Carrey. Look up Jim Carrey's life. Look at what he's doing right now. Oprah Winfrey, Albert Einstein, Colonel Sanders, yes, the chicken guy, look him up. Look how he lived into his purpose and his best self. Even when people said you can't or you don't have the money, he still did it. Dr. Seuss, reflect on the people in your life who are beautiful examples of living their authentic selves. Here's the kicker. These don't have to be people in your life that you love or that you even like because sometimes when people live into their true authentic selves we feel separated from them they may grow in a way that we don't understand anymore and that's okay and you look at your life how are you living into your best life we're going to get into that today because the angels want to help us with some ideas on how to do that before we get there eek They want me to share some of my story, okay? So, here we go. Um, I've done a lot of different things in my life, for sure. And as you know, from, from past episodes, if you've caught them, I was born with abilities to see what I call light beings. I could see angels. Uh, I could tap into people who had passed. And when I was really young, I didn't think anything of it. I thought everybody could do that. And then when I got a little bit older, I let that hibernate uh, quite a bit because I didn't want to be weird. 
So my parents uh, were teachers and brilliant teachers. They're retired now, but are those type of people that will always be teachers. They're just amazing. And also, um, when I was four, they bought an old opera house, a live theater, and they totally restored it. So we showed movies and we had live shows a lot. So sometimes I was helping in the concession stand. Sometimes I was cleaning. Sometimes I was on stage. A lot of times I was on stage. And that was such an old building that you can imagine the amount of spirit that was in there. So I was always communing with spirit. And I had a lot of songs that were given to me from a time period that I shouldn't have known, um, like vaudeville or um, even before that. Tunes that were gifted to me from, from spirit because I was in their happy place. So I grew up a performer and a teacher because that's what I experienced and I, I observed, observed. So when I went to college, I decided, okay, well, I'm going to go into teaching. Um, college was real hard for me because I wasn't really sure of who I was at that time. Well, that's probably age appropriate. Uh, when I left college, I went right into teaching and noticed right away that I'm good at this, but I don't love it. So I went to grad school to be an opera singer and where I met my husband And I have these really fond memories of being on stage. I got a lot of lead roles because I was I worked really hard, very hard. And so I got a lot of the lead roles, but I would be on stage. Thankfully, this would happen mostly during rehearsals, but I would space out and the conductor would say, Rachel, Rachel, cue, it's your cue. But everything on the stage was so beautiful that I would lose myself and I would just be listening to everybody else singing. Um, I'm telling you all of this because all of these things I was doing were close to what I was supposed to do. They were little components of me. And for brief seasons of time, I thought I am supposed to be a teacher. I am supposed to be a performer. I married my husband and the very next day we got pregnant. (laughs) And then I realized, okay, maybe I'm not supposed to be a singer. Maybe I need something that gives me a paycheck and insurance and stuff like that. So um, I got a job teaching in the town where I grew up. I know a lot of you from that area of Iowa are listening. Love you all. And taught there for almost seven years. And when I lived there, um, my youngest son was in an accident when he was four months old. And so he was badly burned and spent about a month at the University of Iowa uh, burn unit. And so my husband and I and my my parents and my um, other two children, we pretty much lived in the hospital room and the Ronald McDonald house for about a month. When I when he was released, I went right back to work um, pretty much the next day. Um, my youngest son was only four months old, so I didn't have a lot of maternity. I had used up all of my leave through maternity leave. And then I didn't have any time to just stay home and process what had happened, to reconnect with him and uh, seek therapy or anything. I really needed to get back to work. And I was a music teacher at that time, and we had a musical coming up, all the stuff. So I went back into it. And 
being kind of a yes person at that time and being someone who was um, always trying to, you know, make the money, be the machine. I went back in with a smile on my face, but there was definitely um, the core of me was cracking. I was cracking apart and I didn't I didn't know it. So I began to get very, very sick. I had a physical and mental breakdown. And so by the end of the year, I think summer was okay, actually, when I think back, but by Christmas of the next year, I remember that we had a Christmas party for in my classroom for the students, and I said goodbye to everyone. Um, I said goodbye, Merry Christmas, and this was on December 23rd, and that was the last time I was in my classroom because within the, when I finally had a break, and I could rest and think my thoughts, feel my feelings, I cracked open. And so my husband was driving me to see the movie Les Miserables, so that gives you kind of like a time when this happened, when that movie came out, pulled into the parking lot, and I said, I, I can't go in. I, I physically can't go in. And he said, well, we can watch a different movie. I said, no, you don't understand. I'm, something's happening. I'm broken. I feel broken. And he said, what do you want to do? And I said, I don't know, but I don't, I don't think I'm going to live another day. I think this is it. So he turned on the car. Um, I, he helped me look on my, um, on my phone, and we found the number of uh, the hospital. I live in Des Moines now. I didn't then, but a hospital in Des Moines, and I called them, and I said, okay, look, this is what's happening. I don't feel like myself. I feel like I might even hurt myself. I'm really hurting, and I just, all of this stuff came out of me. I told them my story, and this poor woman on the phone, her response was, when's the last time you ate something? And I realized, wow, that's... (laughs) Simple and profound. I hadn't eaten anything in days. I was just surviving. She said, eat something, pack a bag, and come see us. So I did that. We drove to Des Moines, and they checked me in. So I was in the psychiatric ward for a couple of days, and it's not the only time I've been there. While I was there, I had time to process everything that had happened to me, and had that not happened to me, I think I'd be in the heaven dimension right now. I don't think I would have made it. And so that restart, all of that stuff, all of those trying careers, um, having that trauma happen to my family, not processing it, trying to push forward, then being honest with myself and my husband and getting the help I needed allowed me to reset and step back and realize, okay, I don't really like myself right now, but I know that there's love there. I know that I'm a child of God. And honestly, I don't even know if I believed in God at that time. I, I think I was going through the motions. I was really starting from earth. I was planting a seed and I was hopeful about what was going to blossom. So that happened. Whew. And then years later, um, you know, I, I, we moved to Des Moines because I decided that I would not be able to go back to teaching. I missed my students so much. Um, I had the support of the town, and yet I was always going to be that person walking around that, oh, there's there's a music teacher who lost her marbles. So I thought, okay, new start. So we did that. Moved to Des Moines. My husband had been working here at the university for quite a long time and decided this would be a new start for us. And I knew when I came here that I would be doing something in the ministry, 
but I didn't know what it was going to be. So we moved here, sold everything we had to have enough money to move here, got a crummy apartment, then got a better apartment, then got a better apartment, kept moving up. And I started to get jobs at churches as youth director, um, director of children's ministry. And um, all the while, knowing as much as that fit, it wasn't a direct fit. Hmm. Sounds familiar, right? From my at times teaching and stuff like that. So after I had been um, in ministry for a while, this is just a few months actually, uh, a few months ago actually, um, I was asked to resign, really because I didn't fit, because I was growing my spiritual gifts and it didn't fit with the church, which is kind of sad because what I do is totally holy and angels, and yet there's a lot of fear and a, and a lot of I'm not sure what you're doing, and so I'm going to tell you not to do it. That's a part of our world, and and I'm okay. Had that not happened, had I not been asked to resign from that place, that full blossom, remember I talked a little bit uh, a few minutes ago about that earth and planting a seed um, and, and hoping something would grow. Had that not happened, I could not grow my spiritual gift of being an angel communicator, a spiritual teacher, a psychic medium. Hard stuff, people. I've lost friends. Um Sometimes I say I've lost family, and I don't think that's accurate. I think they're there. Um, Mom and dad, I'm not talking about you. Don't worry. Um, I think they're there, but they're trying to figure out how have we known this person forever and not known this main part of her. So I get it. But it's been hard, and the stakes have been high. And I've had to listen to the universe and trust the universe and say, okay, if God, if you're asking me to do this to help your people in this specific and unique way, and I say yes, Okay, support me because I've got three little ones and I've got a house and I've got a car and I've got all the earth stuff that I have to take care of. And I have to tell you that when I put fear aside, I am supported. When I stay out of the way, I experience the support and I experience the love. So that is my story in a nutshell And when we come back from break, um, we're going to talk to some of you who are contacting me right now. I know that um, I have some people that are emailing me, and um, we're going to try to get to your questions about life purpose. And also, um, the angels are going to help us get really specific because they're going to reveal something that they've told me about for a few years now called divine gifts. And these are the gifts that we're given at the moment our soul is created. And each of us have three. We're going to talk about that when we get back. And I'm going to describe a few of them so you can hear maybe what your divine gifts are, because that can become kind of like a rubric or a roadmap for how you live your life. And so as you hear my story, send me some love. That was so scary, y'all, but we did it. We did it together, right? And now it's your turn. It's your turn to step out there. So we'll see you back in a few minutes, okay? You are divine. Find out what makes the most successful people tick. Keep listening to the Voice America Empowerment Channel. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com If you've always wanted to take the lead in your life, but you don't believe you are a leader... 
that it's time to change that mindset. Leadership expert Linda Patton will help you discover the powerful leader that lives within and teach you the leadership skills that will transform your business and your life. Stepping into your leadership brings reality to your vision, and leadership can be learned. Find out more on Leadership Stars every Monday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. There are lots of unanswered questions about life's problems, and this is especially true about spiritual life. Why can't we see God? Why is there evil in this world? Why does God let bad things happen to us and to others? Can we get divine help? Join Carl Mollison and co-host Brian Kelly for Get Wisdom. They have new answers from the Almighty you need to hear. And listening could definitely change your life. Tune in every Friday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Find out what makes the most successful people tick. Keep listening to the Voice America Empowerment Channel. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com This is You Are Divine with your host, Rachel Corpus. We'd love to connect with you today by having you connect with the show. You may call in to the live show at 1-888-346-9141. Again, that's 1-888-346-9141. Or connect by email to theangelcounselor at gmail.com. Now, back to You Are Divine. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to Your Divine. Big stuff today. We're talking about life purpose. Um, so I'm glad you've tuned in because I think all of us wonder, are we doing what we're supposed to be doing? Are we doing enough? Is there something else that we're missing? We're going to get into that today. In the first segment, I shared pretty candidly a lot of my life story and my struggles that have brought me to this point. I'm certainly not done. I'm still creating. I'm still molding. I'm still listening. I'm still um walking on the edge of of the ledge, right? I'm still keeping my fear in check as I discover more about my soul's purpose. I've had some people contact me during the first segment and um, Lisa, darling, I got your email and I think what we're going to be talking about here is really going to help you. So please know that I I have um, seen your email and I am with you with what you wrote. I love you. And um if you heard the first segment, I think you'll see that a lot of what um, you'll see it, you'll hear that a lot of what I went through, I think might resonate with you. So just keep listening, honey, and I love you. Um, so I have you, uh, all you other beautiful people who have sent me messages. I'm going to get to you as I can. My angels are asking me to push on here today to talk a little bit um, more about purpose in general. And then I will get to some of you who have emailed and some callers as well, I hope. Um, So here we go. How do we know we're living our life purpose, our soul purpose? So when I... I shared my story in the first segment. I tried to remember to say, okay, it was almost a fit. It was almost a fit. When I was, say, for example, teaching, I loved every day of that. I loved walking into my classroom. I loved my students. I loved the possibility of what they would teach me and what I could teach them. It was amazing. And also there was that undercurrent of what's more? What am I supposed to be doing next? Um, What am I missing here? And then when I moved to 
ministry, uh, same thing. Beautiful, beautiful fit for me. I loved it. I loved every day of it. I loved to learn, loved to love God's people. And also there was that undercurrent of, hmm, I wonder what's next. And now I found it. I found my purpose in life. I know that I needed those things to get me here, as well as some traumatic things that happened that really tested my faith and really gave me a fear meter um, to get me to this place. Okay. So first of all, I want you to hear that If you're doing something right now in your life that you do not like or you perhaps love but know it is not 100% you, that's totally normal. You're You're probably feeling an undercurrent of, okay, I could do this forever, but what else is there? So know that that's very, very normal and the angels are saying just take a little bit of time to do an inventory of your life. Whether that's on paper or through meditation, just closing your eyes and thinking about it, using that wonderful, delicious time before you fall into sleep, using that time to just think about your life and ask yourself, okay, if I could take away all the parameters that are telling me no, like fear, money, reputation, if I could take all that stuff out of the picture, what would I be doing? And if you still don't know, keep asking. I know, okay, so I hear from Jean who has contacted me here through email live during the show, theangelcounselor at gmail.com. You're welcome to email in. She's telling me that she's not hearing back from her angels. Boy, I get that. Our angels are always listening and always talking back to us. And sometimes we don't get that message because we are expecting to hear from them in a certain way. So what I guide you to do, Jean, and everybody listening, when you're asking questions of your angels about life purpose or anything at all ask the question and then live with it for a while go outside go on a walk close your eyes and meditate Um, really you have to absorb that question be specific about what you're asking and give yourself and your angels a few days or longer to talk to each other and Expect that that answer is going to come in many different ways. You might flip on the TV and get the answer that you needed. That comes from them. You may be in an elevator and you may overhear a conversation that gives you the answer. You may see a symbol in the sky like a rainbow or a shape in a cloud and that gives you the answer. You actually might hear some of your own wisdom, some of your own voice coming through in your head, your own thoughts that are guided by your angels. So keep at it. It is a lifelong relationship that we're building with the Holy Spirit and with the angels. All right. So if you're wondering about your life purpose, am I living into my purpose? Have I found it? You might think, okay, well, I'm living a double life because I go to this job every day. And then after my job, or silently during my job, I am my real self. Remember, that's okay. They're probably tapping into our ascended master that we that we are used, utilizing today, Jesus. Thank you, I love you. Um, he's saying there were certainly times that he had to jump through hoops, or he had to say the thing, or he had to do the miracle so people would say, okay, we will listen to you. Thank you. That felt to him, he says, like a double life because all he wanted to do was sit down and share wisdom. He wanted to share love and and he had to lead quite a double life because he had to work the system so people would accept him and, and would listen. You may be experiencing the same thing. So once you have discerned what your purpose is, ooh, and that's the hard part, isn't it? 
That's the hard part. Your angels want you to go to prayer. Talk out loud. Talk in your mind. It doesn't have to be dear God, amen type of prayer. Any thoughts you think of um, about about your life, especially your soul purpose, because that's what we're talking about today, that is heard as a prayer. You want to ask your angels for help. Be specific and ask them in because we have free will. They can't help unless we ask them. And then work on yourself. Be an active participant. When we ask for something, we are asked in return by the universe and the Holy Spirit to be active participants. In other words, we can't ask for our best life and then sit in a chair and wait for it to fall in our lap. We have to keep asking, okay, what would that mean for me? How can I be brave? How can I do it? And then accept the nudges from the universe as a gift. So, like I was saying, recently in my life, I was asked to resign a a beloved position from a church that I loved. That was very hard for me. But had the universe not given that to me, had I not received that gift, I would not be able to grow into this gift. It hurt. I'm still hurting from it sometimes. I'm still grieving it, but it's still a gift. And keep your fear in check. The Course in Miracles tells us that only love is real. Listen to that. Only love is real. So when your fear bubbles up, feel it. You're a human. You got to feel the feels. But then remember, only love is real. And where do we get that love? From each other, from the universe, from the Holy Spirit. Ask for it. And support yourself with good health. You have to be healthy emotionally. Was it hard for me to check into that psychiatric ward? Uh Uh-huh, yes. Did I run into a nurse that I knew from my childhood home? Uh Uh-huh, yes. Awkward. Did I receive the help? Did I grow from it? Uh Uh-huh, I did. And physical. Oh, my goodness, I got to tell you that if I don't watch it, I will drink too much every night. Because it runs in my family line. We all have addiction in our family line, don't we? So I have to make sure that if I'm going to live my purpose, if I'm going to live my best life, that I don't drink too much. That I put food in my body that is going to sustain me and make me feel good. It can't be a McDonald's day every day. (laughs) The angels say, eat bright. Eat the blue. Eat the red. Eat the green. Support yourself emotionally and physically. As promised. The angels want to talk to us about something that will help us figure out what our purpose is, and it's called divine gifts. The divine gifts are described by the angels to me as three traits or gifts that we were given at the time our souls were created. So creatively think back to that first breath of life you had, and you were given three divine gifts or traits. This is mirrored in the Bible story of the wise men giving three gifts to Jesus when he was born. Now, he had three gifts that his mother could hold in her hand. That's to teach us that we get three gifts as well, but they are intrinsic, and they become our roadmap for how we live our life. I'm going to describe the divine gifts that are revealed to me that are, I would say, most common. There are Yes, I hear the angels say there are so many divine gifts that it would take me and they want me to write them. (laughs) Okay, it would take me a really long time to write them out and describe them. These are the ones they want you to hear about today. So listen and figure out maybe this is you. And if it's you, allow this to be one of your signs. Okay, 
If I'm this, does this relationship honor me? Does this job honor me? Should I listen to this nudging that like Suzanne has who emailed me who says she knows she's supposed to help and teach? Well, let these divine gifts, let these tools uh, be your lighthouse, be your compass, be your roadmap. Here we go. The first one they want to tell us about, the first divine gift that some of us are given is called Traveler. If you are a traveler soul, that means that you are someone who's always looking forward. You are a lifelong learner. You want to see the movies. You want to read the books. You wonder what it's like to live in a different part of the world. You wonder if someone uses a word wrong, you want to look that up. You are someone who is always looking forward. Now, it can be hard to be a traveler soul because traveler souls, after a certain amount of time, your soul says, okay, time to pack up and go. Now, this might not mean that you physically pack your home and move. It might not mean that you physically go on vacation all the time. We're really talking about soul travel, emotional travel. Even so, after a period of time, whether that's three months or seven years, for traveler souls, you might come home one day and you might say, oh, I hate this room. It is time for me to rearrange. It's time for me to paint. Or you may be in a job that you loved last week and now it's no longer a fit because traveler souls are very good at discerning, I'm done. I'm done. Traveler souls also, though you can be very social, the angels are saying that it's important that you have your tribe Because if you believe in the possibility of past lives as a traveler soul, you've probably traveled with your small family or your tribe, possibly a gypsy life, possibly uh, living in a small town and then picking up after maybe tornado hit and and, um, finding a new place to live. There's many possibilities for how this traveling could have actually happened. So traveler soul is our first one. Hmm, I wonder if that's you. The next one they'd like me to talk about is rooted soul, R-O-O-T-E-D, a rooted soul. So they put in my mind a beautiful picture of, of a tree with roots that go so deep. So as we talk about a traveler soul who's always trying to reinvent and find out a rooted soul, grows roots, calls the love in, finds his people and says, I will grow roots here. I will bring my wisdom and accept wisdom from this place and stay here. Rooted souls often will have a desire to have children. Lots of children will be um, maybe career teachers where they're drawing people to them so they can share what they know. It doesn't mean that rooted souls are boring. Uh Uh-uh, not at all. It just means that they love to be in one place and draw their people to them. The next one is wisdom sharer. Wisdom sharer is someone who has had who has the gift in their soul that every experience that they witness or experience themselves gets logged as data in their soul. And when appropriate, that wisdom comes out. If this is you, you might experience yourself saying something and then wondering, well, where the heck did that come from? <laughs> it came from you, darling. If you're a wisdom sharer, that data stays logged in your soul. Wisdom sharers have a hard time um, getting through public education or getting or dealing with a rules system that doesn't seem to make sense because what you know goes deeper. You share wisdom, how to treat people. 
Um, If a system doesn't work for you, you're probably thinking, how could this system be more streamlined? How could it honor people instead of hold people back? Teacher is another divine gift. So we have Wisdom Share who who shares wisdom. Um, this feels like it comes out organically where you're sitting next to someone and they're dealing with something and maybe it's not something that you have encountered exactly, but wisdom pours out of you and you think, oh boy, where did that come from? You also accept the wisdom. Teacher's a little bit different because as a universal teacher, um, you are one that will take um, education from this lifetime and share it with other people. You are the queen and king of the teachable moment. So you're the person that will see, maybe you might be um, in Walmart or something, and you see a child having a tantrum, and you have to hold yourself back from stepping in and saying to the mama, oh, do you need some help? You are someone who loves, loves, loves to teach. Um, Teachers often will be a little off balance with the amount of care they give because they're so used to outputting wisdom and care that sometimes that can get off balance and they do not call back the love that they need. So sometimes teachers will, teacher souls will experience some um, physical ailments more than other people. We'll move next to caretaker. And caretaker is just like it sounds, actually. Um, A caretaker is someone who cares for other people's souls. You may have past lives or current life where you have children or you're caring for um, people in um, a hospital setting or a care facility. Um, You might have past lives or current life where you've had a parent passing away and you become the primary caregiver. Remember, with all of these gifts, listen to this nugget of goodness. With all of these gifts, when you extend them authentically as a traveler soul, rooted soul, wisdom sharer, teacher, caretaker, when you extend this to someone else, it has a ripple effect to the rest of the universe. You're not just caretaking for the person that you're looking at. You're caretaking for that person and everybody else to infinity And so when you're watching the news as a caretaker, it might cut you deeply when you see stories about families separated at the border. So one thing you can do as a caretaker is you can send love their way. And that's not an empty promise. That's not an empty ask. That's not an empty prayer. You have the gift as a caretaker that when you send that love, it actually becomes tangible along the way where someone there will step in and help the child, will push the papers along, will reunite, will give a hug, will give a kiss, will make some eye contact. Caretakers can also be off balance, so you've got to be careful that as much love and care as you extend, you have to ask for it back. This is important as you discern your life purpose. Those of you who have um, divine gifts that are ones that require you to outpour the love, if you're not calling back the love, you're not supporting yourself with good emotional health or physical health. And you need that to discern what your purpose is. When we get back, we're going to talk more about the divine gifts. There's a couple more they want to reveal. And we're also going to talk about how to stay true to your purpose when it feels like your support system is lacking, when you feel lonely and all alone, how to stick to it. We'll see you back soon. And remember, you are divine.
up to your fullest potential. This is the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Have you always known that something different was possible for your life and in the world? What if you could create beyond your current reality? If your relationships, finances, business, health, and life could be anything, what would they be? Join Heather Nichols for an invitation to discover what is true for you in every area of your life and for conversations loaded with pragmatic tools for how to create it. Listen live every Monday at noon Pacific and 9 p.m. Central European time for Creating Beyond Reality on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Are you where you want to be right now? We live our lives sometimes looking at others and thinking the grass is always greener on their side, not realizing that we have the power within us to pursue our dreams. It begins with a head start in the right direction, and that head start is with host Carla D. Walker and From the Inside Out. Believe in your abilities and take action. Listen live every Tuesday morning at 9 a.m. Eastern Time and 6 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is on Instagram. Make sure you follow us and comment on our pictures from behind the scenes at our radio shows, live events, and around the network. We want to see what you have to share as well. Check us out on Instagram at Voice America Talk Radio. Live up to your fullest potential. This is the Voice America Empowerment Channel. This is You Are Divine with your host, Rachel Corpus. We'd love to connect with you today by having you connect with the show. You may call in to the live show at 1-888-346-9141. Again, that's 1-888-346-9141. Or connect by email to theangelcounselor at gmail.com. Now, back to You Are Divine. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to You Are Divine. I'm your host, Rachel Corpus, and I'm an angel communicator, a psychic medium, and spiritual teacher. And today we're talking all about soul purpose. When when we went to break, um, the angels had me, uh uh-huh. I'm listening just a second. Sometimes I have to multitask because they're talking in my ear while I'm talking to you. <laughs> Here's some waiting music. <laughs> okay, so they reminded me that they have a few more divine gifts that they'd like to share. And then we're going to talk about how to stay true to your purpose when it feels like you're all alone. When you are standing on the ledge and you don't have anybody to hold your hand. Or you perceive that there's no one there to hold your hand. All right, so let's walk it back a little bit. We've been talking about divine gifts, and the angels say that these are gifts that we are given at the time our soul is created. Wow. So think back to your first breath of life, lifetimes ago, and these are your main traits. You have three of them. And so I'm revealing some of the most common so that you can figure out maybe this is you. And we have divine gifts so that we can use them as a roadmap or a compass or a rubric to guide our lives. As you figure out what your purpose is, and honestly, darling, you know, go deep. You know, you've probably been trying to live into it or talking yourself out of it for years now. You know. The next divine gift they want to talk about is truth seeker. So, truth seekers, I love to meet truth seekers because they can spot BS from a mile away. 
truth seekers see people for the souls that they are. They can see through the muck and the mire and they can see the truth in this situation. And with themselves, they can be very, very difficult um, or their internal monologue can be very difficult and sometimes self-harming because they want Uh, authenticity and truth so fast right now that sometimes it doesn't line up with the process that it takes to get there. So um, Tiffany, my love, I got your email and your question is how can you live into being a truth seeker? Mm -hmm. So speaking truth, I know that sounds simple, but truth seekers, you've got to walk the walk. So when you expect truth from someone in love And with honesty and speaking peacefully, when you see something that is unethical or something that does not honor you, speaking up about it, talking to yourself, saying, I will not endure that. That is not okay with me. Or when you see it happening at your job or in a relationship that you have with a family member, when things are not reflecting truth, when they're reflecting something that that is not um, light-filled, it's not helpful, find a time to speak to that person, go to them, say, I love you and I want to talk to you. And the other way that you can live into being a truth seeker is to be very, very brave. Oh, that's hard. But be uh, be brave knowing that when you see the truth in this situation, when you walk into that truth, you are going to be supported by the universe. Think about... Think about when our country, still actually, but go back um, when our country was dealing with segregation and those who would um, not, they might have had police in their face saying, step back or you'll be hurt. But they knew the truth. They knew that all souls are connected and it didn't matter if their skin was dark or or if their skin was light, that we're all together. And then that's an example of how being a truth seeker, when they stood powerful, yes, maybe their bodies were hurt, but their souls grew. And that's what you're asked to do as a truth seeker. See the truth and live into the truth. Sometimes that means you've got to walk away from situations. Um, If you're in a job that does not honor you as someone who's a truth seeker, if you are always being asked to fudge the numbers, to look the other way, um, to, uh, yeah, I've got someone spirit with me right now who says she was a child care worker and um, was told that, She was not allowed to comfort the children because there were so many of them. Uh I hear you, love. Thank you for coming through to me today. Um, As a truth seeker, she needed to say, I can't work here anymore. I have to be able to extend love. So that's truth seeker. The next one is empath. Empath is actually a word that gets thrown around in the metaphysical world right and left. What it means as a divine gift is that you feel people's stuff. You may know things from conversations and you may even have what I call knowings that are intuitive where you know stuff that you just know. People say, how'd you know that? And you say, well, I don't know. I just know it. But deeper than that, you feel things. So maybe as a child, if you walked into a room where there had just been an argument, maybe you didn't hear the argument, but you can feel the energy of that argument. 
Maybe you sit next to someone who is really, really sick with cancer, and then when you walk away from that person, you're done for the day. You've got to go home and and sleep. You feel the stuff. So as an empath, it's really important that you talk to your angels and you're constantly saying, I would say at least once a week, if not more, lift any energy that's not mine. Because a lot of empaths... uh, experience depression or anxiety and sometimes it's yours so keep it use it as the gift and message center that it can be but sometimes empaths will feel stuff that's not theirs you've got energy from other people certainly if you go to a large department store or to the state fair or um, a conference for work someplace that's going to be really dense with energy a hospital especially You want to make sure that before you go in, and this is probably good advice for all of us, before you go in, you surround yourself with a circle of white light. You put some sort of spiritual boundary around yourself so that you are not absorbing all of that energy. So those are some examples of divine gifts. And if you're just tuning in now, you can catch this episode on replay iTunes, my website, rachelcorpus.com. You can go to this network, the Voice America Empowerment Channel, and you can find this episode on replay. So you can fast forward if you want to the second segment and listen to all of these divine gifts. And I suggest you do because once we're clear about who we are, it makes think questions like, what is my purpose? A lot clearer. So how do we stay true to our divine purpose when we feel like we're all alone? Well, let me tell you, part of living authentically is being alone because you're not meant to be like everyone else. Let's pull in our ascended master. Let's pull in Jesus right now. Jesus was like no one else. We have things in common with Jesus. Jesus was a human, also fully divine. We have that in common as well. We are not the savior that Jesus Jesus was, is, (laughs) always will be, Um, but we do have the divine spark that he also possessed a little bit of that um we get mad jesus got mad (laughs) if you if you think that jesus was always peaceful on a mountain (laughs) um i think you you might need to revisit that because jesus had a temper he's telling me and he's 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 poking me saying don't reveal too much (laughs) keep up the legacy but he was human right he was meant to be fully human so that we could learn how to be fully human and fully divine um learn how to love each other through him did he always know his purpose he says no he says he did not always know his purpose and he's thankful that there's not a lot of stuff written about him from his childhood teenage years because he says he was experimenting a lot and there are lots of times that he knew his purpose. Oh, hear this. He says he knew his purpose, but he didn't want it. He didn't want it. He tried to do something else. Uh, He's giving me love right now saying, remember, Rachel, when you were younger and you tried all the things, you tried to be the teacher, you tried to be the singer, and you could do those things, um, but it wasn't quite right. He said, I had those experiences too. I tried to do some things as well, but I could not escape the fact that I was meant to be our teacher of love. I couldn't escape that. And when I said yes to it, He said, I was fully supported, not only by God, but the rest of the universe. Um, He's saying that when he did say yes to his purpose, 
especially when he had to go into let me prove it mode when he went into his miracles time where um, you know he would change the water into wine or heal someone so that people would would know that he was legit he said that was really hard because um, people started to see him differently he became like someone who was famous instead of everybody's friend says it's really important that he had his disciples he had his best friends and let me tell you he had way more than 12 he had so many we can't even count them and they were women as well so he says um lean into the people that are around you and if they are not supporting you you can still love them and step away he says that there were family members that he had that, that just didn't understand him. They were scared of him. They were afraid that they that he knew their thoughts. Um, they were afraid that if they didn't believe what he believed, something bad would happen to them. And he says that he had to still love them, but take a few steps back. And so he had to rely on often his chosen family, which we name as disciples, um, to support him. He also says that he had to spend a lot of time alone thinking uh, thinking about how he was going to use this gift. He did a lot of talking to the Holy Spirit, did a lot of talking to God. He did a lot of talking to his angels. He did a lot of talking to himself. How do I do this? And finally, he says, listen, this was hard work. He says, I... My feet hurt constantly. I had the burdens of of everybody on me. People wanted to just touch me and think that they could be healed. He said, I always had people around me, but I I also had the helpers. And he says, uh, yes, he says, Rachel, remember when I was walking to the cross? Remember there were helpers there. He said, Simon carried my cross for me, knowing that he could be beaten for doing that. He still did it. And I had to accept the help. He says, and that was hard. I'm supposed to be the helper. And I was saying to Simon, I've got it. I've got it. I don't want you to get into trouble. And Simon said, no, you're, you're my brother. I will do this. Let me do this for you, brother, that I love. And then there was Veronica, who had the, the towel and who wiped his face away. And that's the story we have um, with the towel that has G- the, the face of Jesus on it that came from that story of Veronica. And without even saying anything, she just stepped forward and helped him. And he had to accept because part of living into our purpose is sometimes walking alone, but being conscious of those who are on each side of us that are going to step in and help us. Now, the Holy Spirit sent Veronica. The salty tears were going into Jesus's eyes, and it was hard for him to see, and he had blood dripping down from the crown of thorns they had put on him, and Veronica wiped that away, so she gave him a moment of clarity, and the people around you will give you moments of clarity. After Jesus died on the cross, um, Joseph of Arimathea who was a rich man, actually took Jesus down and wrapped him in a clean white cloth and gave him his family tomb. And so even after death, um, Joseph was there, Joseph of Arimathea uh, was there to support him and his family. And Jesus is just mentioning him because that's what we need to look for. We need to look for people who can support us. Now, we're not Jesus. I'm not Jesus. You're not Jesus. But we can learn about his story. And as you go through this holy week, I encourage you to put yourself in Jesus's sandals. (laughs) I always say 
Birkenstocks and he thinks that's really funny. Put yourself into his shoes because we go from triumphal entry all the way to the Last Supper to his death and then to his resurrection when he came became spirit. And we know that we are spirit and we can talk to spirit. Jesus says, okay, calm it down, Rachel. Calm it down. You're getting too religious. All right, all right. He says, just tell them this. Be brave and believe that the universe supports you. If you can believe that, he says, if if the word faith doesn't work for you anymore because you've had too much proof that it doesn't work, then don't use it. Rely on love. Rely on other people. And rely on your angels. Ask them for help. And he says, and you can talk to me anytime. Or other ascended masters. The universe, heaven is here to help you. I would love to connect with you. Go to my website, rachelcorpus.com. You can learn a little bit more about me. You can also book a session either in person, Skype, or over the phone. Find me on Facebook, Rachel Corpus, Angel Communicator. And thank you so much for tuning in today. Remember, you are divine. you for listening to You Are Divine. Be sure to join your host, Rachel Corpus, again next Monday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time and 12 noon Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel for another edition of our program. Until then, remember, you are a divine being and it only gets better from here. <laughs>